Okay. So you do your first, you got some friends are like, Hey, we want you to come try this. Yep. Uh, you're yep. scared, you're shaking you're, but you're, yep. you're, you're in. So first yep. time you get on a horse to give you a gun, what happens? I survived. This is the Mark for Greatness podcast, the official podcast of the American Paint Horse Association, co-hosted by Dr. Billy Smith and Stephen Hayes, bringing you the latest and greatest of the paint horse world. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Welcome to the Market for Greatness podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen Hayes, and along with me again today is the one and only the great Dr. Billy Smith. Doc, we've got an amazing guest uh, with us today, uh, a native to Australia, now calls USA home, mounted shooter, world champion, APHA. Uh, I, I mean, she, I don't know how many hats she's got, but she's got a ton of them. Uh, why don't you introduce our guest for today? You know, when I think of horse women who can just pretty much do it all in my short list is Tammy Schrantz. Uh, she's, she's like you said, she's done mounted shooting. She came to the United States, uh, to work as a, as a cutting horse trainer, kind of, uh, just, uh, on her own. Uh, it's just an amazing story. She's got a great story. She's got a great history. She's always been one of my favorite people in the horse industry because, you know, she's just tough as nails and she gets it. And then I know you guys can't see this. She shows up in this call wearing this incredibly cool pair of pink reader glasses. She just looks spectacular. So welcome, Tammy. Hi, thanks for having me again. Yeah, See, glad. I told you, she just exudes <laughs> cowgirl cool, you know? <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're yeah. super excited to have you. We really appreciate you taking the time. Um, you know, I, I just want to kick it off here uh, on, on your story coming, you know, initially just coming to the USA, grew up in Australia, and you came over here and, and, and really went to work for a pretty infamous uh, cutting horse trainer. Um, <laughs> and, and I just think that's spectacular. And you did it all, you know, kind of just randomly, essentially, uh, your horse background wasn't super strong coming from Australia. So talk us a little bit about that, you know, young person, just, I mean, literally going overseas um, to work in an industry that you weren't super familiar with. Yeah, that's that's a great start. You know, sometimes I look back even now. I'm I'm 44 years old, and I came over to Texas when I was uh, it was 2000. So I kind of figured about half my life now has been in Australia, and the other half here. But you know, when you're young and you really have nothing to lose, it's the best time to chase your dream. You know, like. Sometimes I look back, it's quite ironic. Actually, the magazine that I saw the job in Texas for was the same magazine that I actually work for now as part of Western Horseman and Morris Communications. So, you know, I was, I remember I was at work going through a catalog of a horse magazine and on the back they had agricultural exchange program and jobs in Texas, cutting horse trainer Weatherford. 
And I just thought, you know, life is so short. And if I wanted to chase horses and all my dreams that have to do with horses, then Texas is, is where I need to be. So I did jump on a, on a plane. I had uh, no money. I had some clothes and made my way to Texas. And I remember getting off the plane and I was like, okay, I'm ready for the longhorns and the oil wells and the cowboys. And, and then I walked off into DFW. I'm like, what a city. (laughs) (laughs) So I really just came over chasing dreams. I didn't know a lot about cutting horses at the time. Uh, very fortunate to find my way to the barn of Lindy Birch in Oxbow Ranch, where uh, I was certainly molded to be the best horse person I could be there. But, um, you know, it's a it's a crazy journey. Yeah. Did did um, Lindy scare you when you first met her? The reputation of Lindy scared me <laughs> when I told my friends I was going there. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but in time, I came to understand her and greatly, greatly admire her. You know, the one thing that, you know, when I think of Lindy, I just think horse ambassador, you know, advocate, like passion, like all those things that she cares so much about these horses, that that's that's what she'll fight for. And that's so admirable to me. So I, I grew up in. I was very fortunate to spend a lot of time with her and um, really admired her for her grit and her dedication to that, to the horse. Yeah. Stephen has not set this up very well. We love Lindy Birch. (laughs) She is a superstar in our hearts and she has been great to help us with our cowgirl gathering. And it's just been a, a great experience for, for us. Now you're, you're, is there one thing you learned from Lindy Birch that just sort of is in Trent? It's just ingrained in your DNA now that you carry with you every day. Uh, look after your horse. You know, that that's, that's the uncomplicated version. You know, she, she, there's little things. I like the way I hang up halters, the way I hang up bridles, like, the way I always want to put my sport boots, you know, one on the in, left on the inside and then right on the outside. And that's all those little things are still with me. But the one thing that she ingrained is me is your horse cannot perform for you and be the best it can be if you're not the best you can be for it. You know, I mean, and that's just caring for the animal, making sure it's in the best possible condition it can be in. Yeah, that's a good good takeaway. Yeah, you can't you can never take that away from Lindy. She does truly care about the horses, and it shows through. I mean, everything she does, whether she's talking about a horse, caring for a horse, showing a horse, it really. I mean, you just see it all over. Um, you know, I've had a long relationship with Lindy. Lindy from my time at NCHA, and um, she can be intimidating. Uh, that's for sure. But it's a lot of that revolves around the passion that she has for the horse and the industry that she loves. So uh, like Billy said, we we've enjoyed getting her uh, being, having her a part of the cowgirl gathering uh, and the knowledge and, and uh, intellect she brings to that platform has been, uh, been awesome, you know, but as a young person walking right into a world, you don't know what a, what a way to learn uh, quick, fast and dirty right there with Lindy Birch. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about throwing in the deep end. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would. And you know, Lindy, 
was dedicated to cutting horses, but, but she's a horsewoman and that kind of resonates in every single thing you do with horses. You know, I remember going out to bring cattle into the arena to cut. Well, it's not about just going up to the gate, throwing it open. It's how you do everything, how you position that horse, what you ask that horse to do. So all the little things that you do make her so great. And that's what came into my mounted shooting. It wasn't that Lindy taught me how to shoot, but I wouldn't have won the world championships I've won in mounted shooting if I didn't know how to do all those little things, all that little good horsemanship traits that she instilled in me. Right. Right. Well, talk to us a minute about how you get from cutting to mounted shooting. Walk us through that trajectory because that fascinates me as well. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm surprised. I was petrified of firearms, uh, to be honest, like growing up in Australia, it just wasn't part of our culture. Uh, we didn't have access to firearms and kind of that relaxed, not, not that it's relaxed around firearms, but I just wasn't familiar being in their <clears throat> presence. So when I first came over to Texas, it was a bit of a, a shock for me to just the culture of that and having firearms so accessible to everybody. So I was quite petrified the first time I, I held a firearm and I was with some friends that wanted to get me to try mounted shooting because they knew I had worked and rode cutting horses. And I was really just trying to be the cool person and act like it was something that didn't bother me at all. And I was willing to have a go. So I was like, give me the gun, put me on a horse, like, let me have a shot. And I'm pretty sure my, that little pistol would have been shaken at that time. Like <laughs> it was just like not anything I was ever used to. So, you know, when I look back and I'm like, wow, you went from being petrified to firearms to go ahead and having a firearm sponsor, you know, in this matter of this 10 year window, it's crazy. Which, which to what's so fascinating to me is that, you know, Australia, the culture is no guns. When y'all have like, 20 out of the 21 deadliest flipping animals there are in yeah. the world. Like you should have a gun. Like that should be something everybody well, grows up with. Maybe, but this is my point. You know, I remember coming to Texas and being bitten by my first fire ant. I'm like, <laughs> what is a fire ant? And then but it doesn't kill you like the animals that you all have. But the tornadoes do, or, <laughs> you know, the rattlesnake does, or the scorpion that bit me and I got bit by a black widow spider over here. Oh. I'm like, more, more stuff has bitten me in Texas than ever tried to bite me <laughs> in Australia. Tammy, Tammy, the, la <laughs> the last time I was in Australia, they wanted me to go pig hunting on a horseback with a knife. Like you jump <laughs> off the horse on the pig. That you, reminds me of Crocodile Dundee. This is yeah, a knife. Exactly. And <laughs> I said, I politely said, I'm happy to ride with you, but I'm not jumping off a horse on a pig with a knife. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, and guess what? They, the they did <laughs> Well, I guess, but I mean, it's... You, yeah, y'all need some guns there. It would help you a lot. It'd make but, life easier. Yeah. But Billy is kind of a fun hater. Like he, well, you know, I, he's kind of a fun hater. Yeah, he's like, you know, the guy's like, no, guys, we really shouldn't do that. We're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm all in. Put the knife in my mouth and let's go. Here we yeah. go. Okay. 
Fine. I'm, I'm happy to take you, Stephen, one of these days. I'm, I'm all in. I'm definitely using the crocodile Dundee line, though. And I'm like, that's not a knife. That's a knife. <laughs> I'm going to pull out my own knife and be ready to go. Good. Yeah, great. That's awesome. Yeah. You, so I, <laughs> why you are afraid of firearms growing up in Australia, I have no idea. But good for you. Yeah, you overcame. It's crazy. <laughs> so, okay. So you do your first, you got some friends who are like, Hey, we want you to come try this. Yep. Uh, you're yep. scared. You're shaking or, but you're, yep. you're, you're in. So first yep. time you get on a horse to give you a gun, what happens? I survived. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, and you know, I think my ability and to ride that I've been riding for so long, I could concentrate a hundred percent on what I was doing with the firearm, which made it easier for me. So I think if you, if you're someone who hasn't ridden and hasn't shot, then, you know, it's really hard to ride instinctively. So if you're new to riding, you're focusing on where's my feet, where's my hands, where's my horse going. And then you've got, Oh my gosh, the gun. So for me, I had one element, the riding element, that just took care of itself. And I think that's what allowed me to progress so quickly in the sport. So a couple of my friends were like, hey, you need to come out and you need to do a competition, which is really how to get me, you know, roped into something because my personality is I am all in or I am all out. And if I'm all in, I'll, I'll breathe it, you know, and do whatever I need to do to be the best I can be at that. So I came in and I think I placed third or something. I mean, it was pretty awful the first couple, but I, I, I knew then that I had a shot if I really applied myself that I could be competitive in that. Right. Right. So you're like, you're like on, when it comes to competition, it's like, you're like the dog, you throw the stick out in the water and you, they better get the stick or they might drown themselves. Yes. Yes. I'll cr- I'm the dog crossing ice to get the stick. <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, then, since we're there, what kind of dog are you, Tim? You know, I would be, I want to say Australian shepherd, but because I've got that herding work ethic, but, but you should note Australian shepherds are not from Australia. They're not. Right. So, uh, but I, I still would be that that border collie shepherd, you know, pretty intense. You know, I'm either on or I'm off. Chasing the shiny <laughs> things. Chasing well, yeah. on a flashlight. <laughs> if there's something shiny, <laughs> get it, get it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, you know, that personality is a blessing and a curse. You know, like if you're just getting through things and, you know, just killing time, then, then good for you. But if you're somebody who, you know, really has this fire and passion inside of you to, to drive and work hard and be all you can be, that'll make you great. But I think you got to be careful because it could also drive you crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I could imagine that. I could imagine that for sure. So you go to your first few shootings, it doesn't go great, but it's got you hooked. So you're in. Yep. So then you've pretty much at this point in today, I mean, today, but even earlier on in your mounted shooting career, you pretty much won everything there is to win when it comes to mounted shooting. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah I have set some world records. I have, I was the first lady to reach level six in the country. So level one is the first level and it goes all the way up to six. 
So, you know, through the height of my career, I wasn't known really as being like the speedy one, like the go round winner. I am more known of the one of being like the average, consistent, you know, very uh, meticulous kind of uh, shooter. So right. there are some out there definitely that, that would beat me in a horse race, but over a, a competition period, maybe not, you know, so that was kind of the way I like to play. What she's not telling you is that she went from level one to level six on in like her third event. Just boom. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> she was there. <laughs> yeah. Because we've seen you in action at the uh, Paint World Show and we appreciate you being there. But it's pretty it's pretty impressive. It is pretty impressive because the reason I know that is the first time I ever tried mounted shooting, I tried to make a seven shooter out of a six shooter. And it, yeah, yeah. it doesn't work. You actually have to trade guns. It is totally embarrassing. We have all done that. We've all it's done that. I've like, done that. Click. It doesn't doesn't yeah. work. Mm. Yeah, His gun is broken. When you did it, you probably did it with some style. When I did it, I just looked like a big flipping oaf out there. It's like, get this idiot off the course. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I missed it. Yeah, exactly. Thank God you didn't see it. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it's, I'm sure it's hard, you know, when you get to Billy's age, it's hard in general to, you know, do like three things at once. It's like, you know, it has trouble. So I'm sure that was super hard for him. Like he, he really realized that he was getting to that age. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, he's not as good a shot as you are tammy so i'm not too worried i'm I'm okay i'm terrible on the ground on a horse i'll get it (laughs) (laughs) i'm on the ground you're my safe (laughs) yeah yeah well that's good to know uh just if she's on the ground don't don't worry about tammy you can put her on a horse you better watch out correct well let's let's continue on in your life story so you you're progressing you're you're continuing to grow uh, things are happening with your amount of shooting. You you win it all. You've got all these world records. Well, then you then you have a uh, tragic accident. Um, talk a little bit about what happened there, and then we'll talk a little bit about what you know how everything transpired after. Yeah, I was kind of living my dream, doing clinics, traveling the country, on top of the world. Had been there for quite you know several years in the industry for mounted shooting, and really just thought that this was my fairy tale and this was the ending. You know, I came from Australia with nothing and worked my way up to being a world champion. And in my mind, the story, it wasn't over, but I had reached the the peak of the mountain. And I was actually in Fort Worth at the stock show and came back and on the way home, got hit by a drunk driver and suffered a traumatic brain injury in 2012. And then, you know, the carefree me who was so used to living on the road was so ill from, uh, from my brain injury that I couldn't leave the house and, um, ended up having a bleed in the back of my brain and it affected my speech and my balance and, and all those things that you just take for granted. So it was the most difficult for me because when you define yourself by, by a sole purpose and that's who you are and you don't have that anymore, then you go through this phase of like, who am I? Like, if I'm not the cowgirl mounted shooter and I go through this TBI, then I don't know. I don't know how to define myself anymore. I don't know what I do. I don't know. You know, so there was this feeling that I went through that was 
quite devastating and, you know, kind of having almost to reinvent yourself after as you rehab from an injury like that. So I ended up with a condition in my head called occipital neuralgia, which is basically just a fancy word for nerve pain in your head. So it's super sensitive, you know, even to like brush my teeth or brush my hair or, and then I also ended up with chronic migraine from that bleed in my brain where I had migraines probably, I don't know, 25 days a month. Mm, So Mm -hmm. I ended up getting a a head surgery for um, chronic migraine and it was part of a research group and was very, very fortunate to see a, a great result from that surgery. So I've, I've gone from having headaches 25 days a month to probably two. So I consider it a humongous blessing for me, but I had to fight my way back. Yeah. And what was the, what was the recovery time? Not to say that you were perfectly fine, but, but you know, generally speaking, what was the recovery time on that? The, the TBI was in 2012. Uh, I had surgeries to fix the complication in 13, but you know, the brain is so slow to heal and reconnect itself. Um, I would say about 2015, I, I, I got back on a horse. 2014, 15, I was back on a horse. Um, and I felt like, you know, I had another a few little dilemmas coming off horses trying to get my balance back, you know. So, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm sure that it, it wasn't like riding a bike where you jump back on. So, um, but so I went through that and, you know, about, about 16, I would say, you know, 2016, I felt like I was getting stronger, but really only the last couple of years have I felt like I, I'm, I'm stronger now than I was before. Right. What was, was there ever a time, you know, like you said, you were kind of living your dream at the pinnacle of the mountain shooting career. Um, you have this accident it pushes you not, I wouldn't say to the bottom, but you, you almost have to relearn a lot of that stuff again, because your balance is off your timings off all those things that you were so sharp with what made you a winner, uh, prior, um, was there ever a time where you're just like, you know, I'm not going to do it because I'm afraid that I may not reach the pinnacle again, which then, you know, puts a damper on who I am, so on and so forth. Absolutely. And that's like, that to me is like the big question. And to be honest, I fight that every day. I, I do because, you know, when you come back, you come back different and I am just as competitive as I was before. And when I walk into an arena I want to win just as much as I did when I was running for the world championship. But you've got to realize you can't let that drive take the joy that you have for doing what you do. Yes, I'm going to get beaten. Yes, I'm not going to, I don't have my world champion horse. He retired and I'm coming back different than what I was before. But the biggest thing is accepting that and say, hey, am I here to try and prove myself over and over again? Or am I here to improve myself? And am I focusing on me and how I'm growing and what I'm developing? Or am I focusing on everybody else and taking that joy away from what I'm doing? And that's been a huge thing for me because I, I'm sensitive. I want everyone to keep the respect for me that I had in the industry. I don't want to get beat any more than anyone else. But I've got to say, hey, I'm coming in. I might be seasoning a new horse. I might have had a super crazy, you know, month at work and hadn't been able to. So I've got to 
although I'm the same person I was before, I've got different priorities in my life. And I just, I basically can't be that hard on myself anymore. I've just got to go out, be so grateful that I have the, the health to do what I'm doing, enjoy my friends, enjoy my paint horses, and just go ahead and compete for the pure fun of it. And wherever it ends up, it ends up. But that was the most difficult thing for me was stepping back into that arena, knowing that you weren't on your A game. Right. Yeah. You, you almost had to let go of it being your definer. Um, and yeah. just, yeah, exactly. Well, this is what I find fascinating from the whole experience that you went through um, from that accident. You know, most people, you know, they go, they have a college, they go to college, they do their thing uh, right after high school or whatever. And there's some later in life that just say, you know, Hey, I want to, I want to go to college and get, you know, nursing degree or whatever. Tammy though, gets a brain injury and then decides that she wants to go to college. I don't think I've ever heard of that happening. Oh yeah. How about, (laughs) yeah. How about, no, I'm just, I'm not just going to go to college. I'm going to go to college and finish my degree and then I'm going to do it again and like finish a master's degree that, yeah, that happens every day, Tammy. So what, <laughs> you know, it's what that drove you personality, Billy, my uh, <laughs> neurologist was like it's the shepherd personality, right? <laughs> running up and down the damn fence. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. My neurologist said, stay, stay engaged. He said the brain needs uh, activities to heal. It's going to reconnect. So you just need to stay busy. So I was doing some college classes at Weatherford College. I had studied uh, psychology in Australia in, in my youth right after high school and then left that to come to Texas. But So I was kind of just dibbling around, picking up courses here and there to stay mentally engaged at Weatherford College. Um, and then I, I did lose somebody with leukemia who was very close to me. And I, it made me kind of think about everything again. And I thought to myself, why am I just picking up a college class here and a college class there? And if I have to get more into the business side of the equine industry rather than the training side because of my injury, then I need a degree that's going to give me the security I need. So I signed up for Colorado State a Global Campus and did a Bachelor of Science in Communication because I wanted to stay in the marketing and communication field with the horses. And I just felt like what I needed to do had changed. And for me to secure my future, I mean, I'm, I'm a soul ship over here. I don't have any family here. It's just, it's just me. And I want to be safe and secure in my uh, career and what I'm doing in the future. So if the horses were taken away from me as a guaranteed option to train, then I was going to go ahead and go more into the business side. So I did the bachelor's, um, ended up, you know, graduating top of my class on that. And then a professor suggested going and doing a master's program. And, and I was like you, Billy, I'm like, seriously, like I've had a TBI, like, do I look like grad student material to you? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, I was intrigued by, by corporate layers and, uh, I, you know, I'd worked for Road to the Horse for uh, many years, and then it was acquired by uh, Morris Equine Group, which has Western Horsemen, Quarter Horse News, all that. Um, and, and I noticed this huge shift in the culture 
of the corporation and the brand, like Road to the Horse changed, not in a bad way. It was just different because of different management. And that's really got me intrigued in studying organizational structure and management and how to be an effective leader. So, so I decided to do a master's in uh, leadership uh, with, a, with a major in marketing at, at CSU Global and uh, learn more about why that happens. Yeah, yeah. That, just, that, blo- that just blows my mind. But congratulations on your stamina. Do that? Yeah, yeah, I hear that all the time. I got I got a good knock on the head. Now I want to go get a master's. Sign me up. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's incredible. But congratulations. That's pretty amazing, really. So, Doug, you, you didn't get a you didn't get a knock on the head. You went and got your doctor. What what happened for you? Did you get something else happen, or you just you know when you, when you're born with almost zero talent, you, you going to school is what you got. That's what you do. You just keep going. So you know it's like it's like why do I occasionally wear suits? Because I've got I've got to dress the pig up a little bit every now and then. So. <laughs> It's you do what you can do. You Australian, do. but what's the saying where you put a bow on the pig? Is that Australian or American? Yeah, you 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 put lipstick, lipstick. on the pig. Lipstick yeah, on the pig. You put the lipstick on the pig. Maybe maybe the bow is the Australian version. Yeah, could maybe. Be. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad you said it, Billy, and I didn't have to. So, uh, yeah, good for you. Exactly. Good for, being self-aware is an important trait. I'm really proud it's of you. an important emotional part. intelligence. Yeah. Exactly. It's exactly. See, I'm not really smart, but I have some emotional intelligence. Yeah. Your <laughs> yeah. Your IQ is low, but that EQ yeah, is off the charts. Yeah, way up there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about your role now. And then I want to talk a little bit about your horses, Um, but your role now. So you, you go get your bachelor's, your master's, your recovery, all that, obviously you're getting back into mounted shooting, but now you're working for Morris communication, your role and running um, the road to the horse. And you have some involvement with NBHA as well on the barrel racing side. Let's talk a little bit about that, what your day to days are now. Oh, my day to day. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I do wear a lot of hats. I I kind of head up Road to the Horse, which is the world championship of cult starting. And I also do some marketing for the National Barrel Horse Association, which we get to work with APHA with. And then I also assist some in the West Coast um, Barrel Racing Association, which are all brands that um, are operated by the Morris Equine Group in Fort Worth. So, it kind of, it's, it's a blessing and it's been wonderful for me. It's kind of given me the chance to, you know, I, I can't believe this is work sometimes, you know, like I love it so much that I kind of get to dab a little bit in the battle racing, a little bit in the cult starting, visit with the clinicians and just um, kind of do all the fun stuff. So I, I'm very, I'm very blessed. Yeah. That's what I keep telling Billy. I get to do fun stuff. I think he should change my title to chief fun officer, but he doesn't let me, he won't yeah, let me do that. That's <laughs> When I think about you, Stephen, I don't think how awesome would that be right there? I would, I would, you know, I could have hired Tammy as chief fun officer. I could totally see that. If you ever give somebody else the title of chief fun officer, when I came up with it, I'm going to be a tick off person. (laughs) I did. We did it. You have to earn earn that title. Chief fun officer. I mean, that would be awesome. What's your job? Chief fun officer. Mm. I mean, I just, I would love to tell people that we did meet up. There was a, uh, I'll share this, Tammy, Billy met her, but there's a, there was a lady at a hospitality resort 
um, out in Sonora, Texas, that we did a, a seminar deal and her title was director of happiness. And I will never forget yeah. that. that is right. That is yeah. like an amazing title. Like who gets that title? Yeah. Does she ever well, have a bad day? I mean, does she get to have a bad day? I don't know, but she didn't ever talk. Every time we were around her, she was happy as could be. Yeah. Well, you don't get that title, Stephen. You're not director of happiness. See, see what I mean, Tammy? Fun hater. <laughs> it seems like Billy's director of happiness to me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> He's doom and gloom. Don't let him fool you. When people see me, they think instantly happiness. That's what they think. That's not what I they know. Think. I know that's what they think. That is not sure. what you think. I mean, he's a doctor of psychology. He has a couch in his office for people to tell him his problem. There's no way he can be happy. He's listening to other people's problems all the time. <laughs> no, in fact, that's my problem is I don't listen to people's problems. <laughs> I shoot well, everyone, people like you out. Go away. Go fix it. I don't yourself. ever bring problems. I'm like, hey, this will be a fun party. Let's throw a party. And then he comes in and he says, no, it's not budgeted for. And I'm like, fun hater. Uh, right there. Mine. <laughs> oh, my God. That's how this goes. This is our relationship. Yeah. Let's get back to Tammy. OK. Yep. And Sounds good. Away from you and back to Tammy. <laughs> so more interesting conversation. It definitely is. So um, you're working for Morris, doing all the stuff, but you're now also back into mounted shooting, obviously uh, training some horses. You have a few paying horses or a couple anyway, um, some world champions, obviously. Talk about your horses. Then I want to understand a little bit about what you look for when you're looking for that next horse for mounted shooting. But talk about your current horses a little. I do. I'm bringing some horses along. I've got a, a paint mare uh, who I have had for about four years. And, you know, as I went through my bachelor's and master's, I wasn't able to concentrate fully on her. I just kind of had to show her when I had time and when I could. So um, she's one that I've shown for quite a few years at the Paint Horse World Show. And that's really the highlight of, of my year with her. She's done really, really well there. So she's not kind of finished at that, at that super high level where I feel like I can go set some world records on her. But she's super solid and she's been just a joy to me. She's a lot bigger horse than I'm used to. So, uh, but I, I've enjoyed her a lot. Um, I have another Paint Horse. I got to tell you, you know, his name's Trailer Trash. So I got to tell you, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, right. that's super cool. So yeah. all Trailer Trash there belongs to a good friend and client of mine, Ken Harris. And he's had him with me for quite some time now. And I've been able to show him as well. And he's a very loudly marked paint horse and uh, kind of just one of those good geldings that you can pull anywhere and go, do anything with. So he's super versatile. He's been shown at the paint world in raining and done well there and won the mounted shooting uh, in the amateur with his owner. So um, he's had a really long and prosperous career. So he's certainly that horse I ride when I just want to go relax, you know? Yeah. Well, what, when, when I think of mounted shooting, right. You like think of barrel racing and you think of running horses, you think of cutting, you think of cow horses. Um, so like if I was going to think of Billy riding, in mounted shooting, I would think Western pleasure horse, right? Nice and slow. He wouldn't have any bumps or nothing like that. He can easily shoot the balloons, but for someone of your level, uh, you know, what's the, what's the breeding like? I mean, what are you looking for? Are you looking for a cow horse that just has run that can run? Are you looking for a barrel horse that you can halfway control? Um, but talk a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, everyone has their own preferences, a little bit of what they like to see in a mounted shooting horse. Um, I like to see coming from the cutting world, the cow horse world, like that's the perfect horse for me. I want one a little smaller, little catty, 
something that can get through those turns and those barrels and, and put the speed on when I need it. So anything left over from the cutting pin, rain cow horse pin works great in my barn. So mine's, you know, right up now I have cutters and rainers up there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, what about B- Billy's granddad used to say something about shooting off a horse. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Cause I, that's going to lead into a question about how, you start that process. Well, well I, I was going to talk. I was going to ask you to talk about that process. Was my grandfather used to tell me you can shoot off any horse once. So, uh, how do you get from? How do you get from? You know, how do you get a horse in that place where they're comfortable with someone firing a weapon uh, off their backs? Yeah, I, and I have a lot of people say that to me. Actually, or they say, "Oh, my horse will never shoot," or. You know, I, I, he's been around it and he just was so difficult. And the the things I think are important and it really kind of almost goes back to, well, it does go back to road to the horse. You know, the whole message of road to the horse is lay a good foundation. That's what road to the horse has taught me. That's what Lindy taught me in the cutting pen. That's what the mounted shooting has taught me. And it's the same teaching these mounted shooting horses. If you jump on and, and you have a loaded 45 and you go shoot it off to see if it'll shoot, um, then you're setting that horse up for failure. It's about setting that horse up for success. And the first thing I want to do is make sure, do I have control of this horse? Can I stop him? Can I move all his body parts? Can I put him where I need him before I even pick up a gun? And I won't go there unless I can, because otherwise I'm just asking for a wreck that I can't get out of. So that's number one for me, handle and softness, lateral, all those, all those body parts. Then I'm going to start a horse just dry firing with that pistol. And that means kind of cocking that hammer back and letting that gun click through without any bullets in it or blank. So it's just going to have this click, 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 click. And I want that horse to be comfortable where I can dry fire off him at any time. So after he's kind of got through that phase, then I'm going to gradually increase the caliber of the firearm with him. And then I'm going to put him into pattern. So I might put him on a little 22 load and then a little half load and then a full mounted shooting load. So I'm gradually going to increase the sound of that until he's comfortable with it. And then I'll start working him through some patterns. So I try not to, you know, I see a lot of new people set up a mounted shooting pattern, grab a gun and go straight into it. And that's, you know, I spend a lot more time making that horse brave and confident first before I put him into that mounted shooting pattern because I never want him to be afraid of that pattern. I want him to come into his first pattern and be like, I'm good with dry firing or I'm good with 22s and not really dread going up to those balloons or those targets because he's going to get scared. I want him to be bold the whole way through. So I take a lot of time on my foundation. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever shot one of your horses? Like in the Uh, ear? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yes, I have. (laughs) Did they buck you off or they just kind of shake their head and go on? You know, I I will never, ever, ever forget that day. It was in Bradham, Texas. I was at a local shoot and the Cowboy Mounted Shooting Association had gone ahead and updated some patterns. And we've got over 50 patterns and you think these horses wouldn't know them because there's so many. But, But my very seasoned horse, he's pretty savvy. So he was coming up and he didn't get, you know, the update 
that the pattern had changed and we were now going left and he went right like we traditionally did and threw me off guard and I shaved um, the back of my uh, bridle in his ear. (laughs) So they're just blanks, but um, he did get a little singed hair there. But I remember finishing and I was... I was devastated, devastated. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm so sorry. And he didn't think anything of it because he was a very seasoned shooting horse. And he's like, wow, that one was different, but no idea why, you know. So, you know, I I kind of if a horse has a mishap like that and they're seasoned, they're a lot more forgiving than what, you know, then the new horse was like, oh, one plus one equals two. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, I'm glad you brought that. Well, I'm glad you brought that up just for the uninitiated who might be listening. So in cowboy mounted shooting, you're firing a blank. So you're firing a coarse uh, ground gunpowder is what you're firing, correct? Not that it's not dangerous. It does have an element of danger, but you're not firing a projectile. So you might talk a little bit about the about the mechanics of that, how that works. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great question that I get a lot. I remember being at a concession stand at an event and a spectator came up to me and and they didn't want to go out there and watch because they were like, when I get shot, how far do they go? So these are more, they're kind of like a high powered movie blank. You know, they will go 12, 15 foot from that firearm, almost like a shotgun shell. I kind of think of it as like a traffic cone or a, you know, a shotgun spray where it'll be very close together near the barrel of your pistol. And as you goes out, the pattern gets a little weaker. So, you know, you're safe from anywhere, you know, give yourself about 15 foot. So they are blanks, but like you said, they're, you know, you need to have the same amount of respect for them that you have as the real firearms. Cause I have seen some shooters, you know, get some, get some injuries from being careless and when they're loading and unloading their firearms. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. So, so. I no one imagine. escapes the safety lecture at my place in the beginning. I'm like, hey, let's <laughs> and sometimes like I'll shoot a Coke can at a big clinic, you know, where I'll put that barrel up to that Coke can on a barrel and just shoot it because it will damage that, that can a lot. And then I'm able to say, Hey, listen, like heads up, like th- these deserve just as much respect than any other firearm, wherever you're pointing it, holding it, checking that you're loaded, you know, all those little things, as much fun as, as we have, that's, that's serious. Right. Right. So did that horse ever take the wrong turn again? Or did he, he's from then on, he's like, I'm going to go wherever you tell me to go. You know what? Like, you know, when people talk about hot horses or the horses that change your life, like he is that horse for me, you know, he, he was so forgiving and he carried me to further than I ever dreamt. So he rolled on shooting like a good old gelding, like geldings are, and um, went on for great things. And I was worried the first time I shot after that, you know, I make sure he was okay. And he couldn't care less. Yeah. So no horses were harmed in the making of my career. (laughs) 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 So we'll just play her down to the bottom. He's all good. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, 
I don't think I have any more questions. We really wanted to get you on here, have you tell your story in your own words. Uh, but we'll actually be featuring you uh, in an upcoming issue, our next issue uh, of Chrome Magazine. Uh, so if uh, anyone out there wants to hear a little bit more on Tammy, uh, be sure to get a copy of APHA's award-winning membership magazine, Chrome, uh, the next issue coming out here this spring. So, um, you know, I appreciate you just taking the time. Uh, you, Like Billy said at the beginning of this, you truly have an amazing story um you know through through your travels from australia to here to the accident and uh, you know everything you've been through and to still come out on top uh be better educated with a brain injury uh i just think some of that's just <laughs> more, more amazing than uh than most people can say in their regular normal everyday no excitement lives so um i just appreciate you coming and visiting with us today no, I, I really appreciate you having me. And I think that the one thing I want to leave people with is don't let other people put you in a box, you know, put boundaries about what you're capable of and believe that you're capable of, you know, like if if I listened to my neurologist or my doctors, I wouldn't have been writing and I wouldn't be walking across my stage with a 4.0 for my grad, you know, like just believe you can and don't, don't focus on the finish line but know all the steps it takes to get there and be proud of yourself every step along the way. You know, as long as you're moving in that direction, you're doing all the good. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that dog. Yeah, but, I still yeah, believe I'm going to be chief asked. fun officer. Chief yeah, fun officer all asked. day, baby. I believe it. You're not going <laughs> to, you you're not going to lock me in a box, Billy ever. <laughs> I know you, you want to ask, and I'm just going to tell you, I know I did not have a 4.0. Thank you very much, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> who can really have a 4.0 in psychology i mean you know who, who well, can do that? yeah exactly exactly that's how i like to look at it yeah exactly but <laughs> just remember what tammy said don't there's no boxes around stephen hayes ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah except for <laughs> except for maybe your hat size is kind of box so well you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I can take my hat off though, but you know. Thanks, Tammy, for not ever inviting me to go hunt pigs with a knife. Thank you very much. <laughs> like the rest of your countrymen. Yep. Yeah, you know, we uh we like to have a good time. They're a little crazy. <laughs> yes. I've settled down a little bit over here, but they yes. will they will show you a good time. They will do that. Yes, they will. Mm. Yeah, there's plenty of Aussies still over here that will show you a good time. Exactly. Yeah, you're not alone here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the time again. Thanks for spending the day, the evening with us. And uh, we'll uh, hopefully see you at the world show here coming up in June, July. huh? Yes, sir. You'll definitely see me at the pain horse world show. And I'm hoping you'll get to see me in the bow racing. Cause I'm going to take my paint mare in there just Whoa. for the heck of it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. You heard it here yeah. first. Yeah, there's no guns, though, in the barrel racing. I mean, yeah. I guess you could pull them out on the way home and just start shooting them in the air. I'd be okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Who knows where you'll see me? I get around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Great to visit you guys, as always. Yeah. Thanks, Tammy. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.